The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Is someone watching you when you pee? Apparently, peeping toms are going high tech. And is your new Romeo a scammer? We're going to talk about the rise of online romance scams. Plus, uh, the first fake porn videos. Uh, first, there was the fake porn videos. And now, uh, using AI technology, you can see a whole other class of these videos. That's all coming up when we talk to our sex tech specialist after 10.15. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. Time to answer your questions, your emails, which you can also send me to laurie at drlaurie.com. So one was left over from last night that I want to share. We had uh, quite a conversation about conversations, especially on first dates and uh, what to talk about, etc. And we were talking about how some people um, just talk about themselves a whole lot. And uh, this texture wrote and said, I actually endured two months of conversing with such an annoying, self-absorbed individual who not only dominated the conversation by talking about himself in repetitive fashion, I might add, but never asked me a single question about anything whatsoever, not personal nor general, even after having brought such a peculiarity to his attention, if you can believe that, before having called it quits. I'm just wondering why it took you two months. Like, this should be evident after one or two dates, not two months. So uh, it's a red flag when somebody uh, just doesn't leave any room or shows zero interest in what you have to offer or anything you have to say or your experiences. Please beware, that is a big red flag. Um, let's see. My boyfriend and I have been together for a year and he doesn't believe in marriage at all. I'm not even sure if he's the one, but is it okay to still date with that in mind? Well, I, I can't really answer that question exactly for you if it's okay or not okay. It all depends on what you're looking for. You're not sure if he's the one, you're just dating Maybe you need to figure it out, although you've been together for a year. I don't know how old you are. So part of it is you have to know what you're looking for. If for you, marriage is very important and it's something that you see in your future for yourself, then this would not be the best match for you because you have to have the same values. You have to be able to believe together and move towards the same thing together. So to me, that would be um, a, a red flag. So you can date, but not, but he's telling you the truth. So don't, don't go in dating thinking, oh, well, maybe in a year or two, he's going to change his mind because he loves me so much and, and blah, blah. He's going to turn around and say, I told you from the beginning that I'm not getting married, period. And you made the choice to stay So that's your choice. So don't go in it thinking you can change someone else's mind. And I'm not saying he may change his mind. That can happen. But you don't bank on that. So if that's something that you absolutely want for your future, then you need to rethink this. Same thing with about having children. Like those are important life decisions that um, that should matter when when choosing 
uh, a mate. It's not just about, hey, we get along great and we have great sex, but what about our common values? What about how we see the future? What about our common goals? Those things is what makes a relationship uh, last. Uh, You once mentioned the greatest reason women do not want to have sex is resentment. My question is, how do you get rid of this resentment, especially when the man thinks he's right and that there is no reason to be resentful? I assume you will say counseling. How do you do this with no income or a resistant husband? So, good question. Like, you, you, you can't just get rid of resentment unless you work through what you're resentful of. So if your partner, if you're resentful of things your partner has done or the way your partner treats you and your partner does not take responsibility for those actions or invalidates the fact that you feel badly or this, this hurts you, then clearly you're going to develop over time resentment because they're not taking that responsibility. So, um, you can't just, you know, say, okay, that's it. Uh, I'm, I'm done with the resentment. Whole, like once you discuss something and once you go, th- you work it through, and if you're still holding on to it, then there may be a problem. But if your partner refuses to take any uh, acknowledgement or responsibility for their behavior, that's a, a, a whole other thing. I would recommend that even if your partner doesn't want to go to counseling, that you go to counseling. You can go on a waiting list. I know it's not so easy to... Uh, to get services here in the public sector, but go to your CLSC, go to your local hospital, uh, put yourself on a waiting list to see a psychologist. Um, the other thing you could do also is you can call the Argyle Institute. They are they have therapists there who work on a sliding fee scale, so which means that they take into consideration your level of income and charge you accordingly. So that's another um, avenue that you should you should go to. But you need to understand this for yourself as well. So even if he doesn't want to go, you just say to him, well, I'm going because I don't, I don't want to live uh, this way. And if he doesn't understand it, well, so be it. But you're not going to force yourself to have sex with someone that you feel completely <laughs> resentful of because obviously he's not doing anything to warm up your heart to want to have sex with him. So he needs to understand that there's a, that, that, that's how it works. 514-800, if you have uh, any questions for me, let me know. Uh, is bisexualism a real thing or are gay people trying to fool themselves? Uh, so that's often a co- that's like a common misconception, right, that people have or they say, oh, bisexuals are just confused people or bisexuals are really gay. They just don't want to admit it or anything like that. But bisexuality is an orientation and it is just as valid an orientation as any of the other orientations. It's not a down-the-line, 50-50 kind of thing necessarily, and it, it presents itself differently in, in different people. For some people, yes, it's a, it, it's a gateway. It's a gateway. It, it's kind of an opening, too. Like, so w- people who, are, who may be too, um, too shy or uh, have feelings about coming out as gay may say, because it's more socially acceptable, that they are bisexual and eventually uh, discover or eventually are able to 
um, acknowledge to themselves and to others that they are, in fact, gay. But that's only one portion of the population. There's a whole lot of people who are bisexual, bicurious. In this day and age, a lot of things go, and it's all part of the norm. It's all part of being okay, as long as it's how you um, how you identify. Uh, can women have anal orgasms? So women can have orgasms any which way, depending on the woman. There are some women who can have an orgasm simply by nipple stimulation. There's women who can have orgasms through anal play. Uh, an orgasm for a woman is often takes place in the brain, uh, first of all. So that's you know that's where it begins, right? Uh, and not just the genitals. Uh, for many women, the, that clitoral stimulation is necessary for orgasms, but w- women are all different. We're all different, and we all have things that make us tick differently. So the answer would be uh, yes. Is it all women? No. Some women? Yes. Uh, yes, you're definitely right, Lori, especially considering he was the same ignorant guy I pre- previously texted you about who insisted rape is about sex as opposed to power and control. Oh, I remember that text. I suppose I have to work on promptly speaking my mind as opposed to being over-considerate and conscientious in order to avoid offending anyone. You know, it's perfectly okay to say when someone says a stupid comment like that to say, you know, that's just stupid and there's nothing wrong with you expressing yourself and saying I, I that's ignorant or that's offensive. You have to be okay to call people out on their stuff. Um, you can't always be afraid of offending someone who is offensive, right? So remember that. He, he's being offensive. It's okay to call someone out and say, I'm sorry, it's not going to work for me. End of story. Coming up, our sex tech guru is in studio. Dr. Jason Behrman will talk about uh, uh, people watching you pee. What? What does this have to do with high tech and sex tech? Apparently something. So we'll figure that out. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Some important questions to be answered tonight. I love when we have our sex tech guru in studio. He's probably our most educated guest here. <laughs> Umpteen degrees, biochemistry, everything. I, I can't even imagine. Dr. Jason Behrman is here. He is a marketing and communications specialist in artificial intelligence and technology. He's also a researcher at the Montreal Artificial Intelligence Ethics Institute. So you always bring us some new and sometimes very scary things mm-hmm. to uh, to think about and I'm not I don't listen to you that that well I, I got Alexa at home I really like her I don't know if she's watching me though not I get paranoid a little bit but anyway that's uh, maybe a topic for another time because you're gonna berate me after the show I know you're gonna tell me you didn't listen to me. Well, Leave it's, Alexa at home. It's great to be back, and uh, yeah, I can tell, <laughs> talk to you about privacy issues with uh, with Alexa. But remember, the last time uh, we talked about those personal assistants on Passion, it was uh, uh-huh. turning them into dominatrix. Remember? Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. I haven't I haven't trained her to do that just yet, but maybe we'll play around with Alexa and see what she can do. Oh boy. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go into something that's uh, that's uh, a little bit uh, uh, cringeworthy. Um, okay. It's something that actually got me pretty upset uh, researching. So it's not gonna be just you and the listeners that find this to be completely unacceptable and bizarre. But there is a problem in today's society. And, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, with high technology, we are able to miniaturize all kinds of electronics now to the point where it's almost like NASA cutting-edge space technology that any everyday consumers can't afford to buy. Right. And so one of these things that have become super, super miniaturized and still affordable are cameras and video cameras. Like, you know, they're so small. In they little fit, pens, yeah. And, and they, they, they can they... fit into, like, you know, your phone and whatnot. And uh, the technology to store all that uh, digital video footage now, you can put it on a very tiny microchip that only costs, you know, a... a, a 50 bucks or something mm. like that and you could store like a lot of video you can make them wirelessly connected now so it can even be connected to the internet through wi-fi and then upload video into a, a cloud storage so you could do you know hours upon hours of video and the technology is used a lot in something called spy cams mm -hmm. so you can literally um complicated high definition cameras into a screw or they'd be small enough that you could poke a hole in the wall and then what? put the device into it and that so, it'll look like a nail that's in the or wall. Or a screw kind of thing or, or something. something that is incorporated in the environment around you. Oh, my goodness. So this is really scary because people have started to use this in something called spy cam porn. Um, I'd never heard of this class of pornography before, but... Um, and I felt so livid afterwards. I found reams upon reams uh, within seconds online on popular porn sites and other uh, websites out there of images of people without their consent being <gasps> filmed in public washrooms using the restrooms. I found countless hours of videos of men being filmed in changing rooms and locker rooms and gyms and women as well. Wow. Uh, women using public washrooms. Uh, I found one of a, a doctor's office, a, a gynecological office, where I, I guess like the doctor had no idea that the, they were Someone being filmed. Someone right. Oh, my word. I was so livid and um, immediately like a, a rock That's fell in my stomach. Horrible. Yeah. And this is readily available online. Okay. So in other words, you could have somebody who puts a camera in a doctor's, in a gynecologist's office without the gynecologist even knowing and uploading this in this video of a of women's vulvas or examinations or what have you. And it's freely available online. If you go to any popular porn distribution site or just do a basic internet search called spy cam and then some other keyword like urinal or girls in locker room or something like that, I found so much of these images. So how big of a problem is this? Well, let's look at South Korea because there's actually scorns of women that are now protesting in the streets they have on multiple occasions saying that the country needs to do more to protect women because so many women were finding reams upon reams of this spy cam porn of them using public washrooms for example wow. and the problem became so out of control that you could go to public washrooms in South Korea and women were putting uh, pieces of toilet paper into random holes that they would inspect uh, and find in the walls of public toilets because the problem was so common and they wow. took pictures of it and you would go into some public restrooms and there would be like dozens upon dozens of holes with little bits of toilet paper sticking out of it because <laughs> it was that Goodness. common. Wow, to be that common. And, you know, sometimes you, who, who thinks about that? You walk into a public bathroom, 
you got to pee really badly. You don't have time to check out the environment to see if there's any little bit holes that with cameras in them. No. And I, I hope we're not giving anybody any ideas. Well, That's the cat's already out about. of the bag. And you always uh, say this, like, Jason, I hope you're not giving in people uh, any ideas. But this problem has been around for a, a bit of a while. It, like upskirting, you know, where guys would take pictures yes. of, like, women up, uh, up their skirt yes. and stuff like that. Well, um, this has become even more sophisticated now. Sure. And like, I, it really made me feel ill when I f- discovered this because I was thinking of all the times I used a public washroom or a public urinal or like I, I love going to the gym and like all the times I've changed in the locker room. I, I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm, and it's like mm-hmm. I have, maybe I'm a victim of this and I have no idea. I'd be so scared to do a search and then find myself there somewhere. I'd, that would freak me out. Completely. Well, I could talk about this on another episode, but with artificial intelligence technology called facial recognition, you could do a reverse search on video that is found online and like trace it back to you without you even like knowing. So people can like see an image of you in spy cam and then identify you later on, which is a really scary thought. So on the last last episode of I have a heart uh, attack here. Yeah, yeah, the last episode of Passion I talked about that on Sex Tech um, yes. was the the Fine Face application where uh, that was used to identify sex trade workers mm-hmm. and people in pornography and then harass them online. Wow. So there's actually a crusade of public workers now in South Korea that will go systematically into public washrooms and do full on in like transit hubs and other busy parts. And they will do a full on inspection for these secret cameras now in right. South Korea and put up like a certification saying like, hey, we checked this today for these spy cameras. Wow. Oh. We live in a whole new world, Jason. Oh, my word. This is, this is a whole new level. So freely available online, you could purchase this. Um, cameras that can fit into shoelaces, keys, watches, door hinges, bathroom walls, screws, um, eyeglasses, and more. It's also used for upskirting, like I said. So people will put them uh, cameras on their shoes, and they will walk up to an unsuspecting woman and ah! and video up their skirt, and then put this online. So what I want people to know here is why this is so wrong is first and foremost, due to the lack of consent. And there's a line that we draw here with the fetish of voyeurism. Because with voyeurism, you negotiate, or you ought to negotiate fully, uh, with the person that you're going to be watching that you're actually doing this. Otherwise, it's illegal. Otherwise, it's gross as well. It's a gross invasion of one's privacy. And, yeah, there's, like, new laws that have come into play because of this. And we'll talk about that after. Right. Uh, This uh, texture writes, with technology being so sophisticated, why isn't there something to protect yourself against such spy devices via detection and or inactivation? Oh, it's really tough to say. It's like, okay, well, what are you pr- pr- protecting you against, per se? It's like, how can you stop somebody from uploading an, a video to the Internet that's very hard? How do you prove that there was a crime that was committed here? Mm-hmm. How do you prove that the video was taken without the person's consent in the video? It's like, it's it's a tough nut to crack, and we're going to have to really review um, these kind of technologies and develop new laws and regulations because what we have on the books now isn't cutting it and a lot of like the use of these technologies in this context wasn't exactly foreseen because who thought you know like i'm gonna take you know a miniature spy cam and i'm gonna film 
hours upon hours upon hours of women taking a pee in a public toilet. Like, who thinks of this? You right, know, <laughs> right. sick people think of this, and unfortunately, technology is there for these these sick geniuses, really, because many of them are uh, obviously have to be quite smart to come up with with some of this stuff, or very sick, or I don't know what what the word is. But I think the problem is the prevention part lags so far behind the technological advancements. Like until everything goes obsolete so quickly, mm-hmm. so it's like it's like um, on your computer, like virus uh, protections or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like by the time you you know get it all, there's a new virus. Yeah. And so it, it, like technology is going so fast that I, I think it's really uh, it's really difficult. Uh, I briefly heard in the news this text writes something to the effect that microchips are already being implanted in people's brains. Does your guest know anything about that? <laughs> what do you mean by microchips being implanted in people's brains? We have Black um, Mirror. I yeah, know. Mm-hmm. Um, we have new technologies. They're called brain implants, where we could um, strategically place electrodes and uh, connected devices into a person's brain to help with certain pathologies, like helping with uh, severe epilepsy or Parkinson's disease. And on a previous show on passion. I was describing how um, we are conceptually trying to develop this technology to give people the ability to have an orgasm on a push of a button. Right. And, you know, like this could be really great in terms of like pain alleviation without the use of drugs or helping people with disabilities uh, in terms of expressing their full sexuality. But um, it's not like a microchip per se is going in the brain. But there are uh, a lot of new technologies coming out there where um, the interface between brain and machine is getting, Mm. well, is, is dissolving, let's say. So it's already here. The technology. Uh, th- is think here. of the uh, cochlear implant to help people that ha- are, oh, yes. are deaf. Yes. yes. So Same that's kind of that's thing. a prime example and one that has had a great success. Right. So it's a, a kind of implant. And somebody says, "How can you prove who uploaded the video?" Hashtag hiding their IP. <sighs> that's the big problem. Is that with this technology? Is there? Is it like traceable? Is it traceable to an offender? Especially if it's like placed in some random public space. Uh, How do you trace it back? I don't understand how you would do it. I think that's the problem. Dr. Jason Behrman is my guest. He is uh, a marketing and communication specialist in artificial intelligence and technology. He's the researcher at the Montreal Artificial Intelligence Ethics Institute. Knows a whole lot about all kinds of scary stuff that has to do with technology. Coming up. We're going to talk about the rise of online romance scams. I've shared some stories here on Passion because I've had a few listeners who have been uh, scammed, and uh, I, I've read their stories online, but we'll get the perspective from uh, from Dr. Jason Behrman coming up after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. We've been talking about spy cams, mini, 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 mini spy cams. They're going to soon get to be the size of a the head of a needle. Uh, Dr. Jason Behrman is here. He's a marketing communication specialist in artificial intelligence and technology. He's a researcher at the Montreal Artificial Intelligence Ethics Institute, talking to us about scary stuff. Uh, This text writes, how does a person know if a landlord of an apartment and his workman didn't put a spy cam in the bed or bathroom during a routine repair? That's a really good question. And if you Google this, um, there are cases that set precedence uh, to this problem where a landlord did just that. For example, like there was one woman who... um, 
uh, brought her landlord to court um, because he installed a spy cam in her smoke detector in her bedroom, and he was uh, spying on her um, in her bedroom, doing whatever a person does in their bedroom. Right. And she was able to catch them. And there's a few cases of this where how a landlord. Did she do that? Okay. I don't know. I Maybe they she, she went it. to change yeah. the battery one day, uh, and yes. she was like, "Oh, uh, lo this? and behold, what the heck is this?" And, uh, you know, the, the worst is when somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, I saw a video of you on the Internet. Yeah, that's and like it's my in biggest your fear. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. But, uh, yeah, there's a few cases uh, that, that set precedence and they change the laws and the laws are still changing. So, for example, because of this, like, um, uh, non-consent filming of people in, in, in private moments, like just in, in t- 2019, just recently, um, upskirting, it's called, like where you take a video or pictures up a woman's skirt in public uh, is now illegal in England and Wales. And before mm-hmm. they did not have specific legislation. Right. But there's like different areas are throughout the world now that are now saying like it is specifically illegal for you to do this. Right. But there's been... Um, but are they going to have to like be even more specific? Like watching you pee is illegal? Or, that would constitute you know? it. Yeah. So it's like... Right. Uh, so Anything like that. So. In, in, in environments where you expect uh, to privacy. have privacy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah. that that has to that law has to change all over the place. I want to talk about uh, romance scams. Mm-hmm. So I in the last few weeks, I've had a, a, a few people write into me about uh, concerns about mm-hmm. being scammed. About one one guy wrote in about his wife being scammed and by this. A Nigerian guy, and she was flying out to Nigeria to meet the guy, and she had sent him money, mm-hmm. uh, lots of money. So, uh, yeah, sounds like a complete scam, of course, but let's talk about that. Well, uh, the scam has been around for a while, but with the development of technology and on- online dating sites in particular, and um, uh, sister applications like uh, text messaging, email, and social uh, media, it's become ever easier to commit. And you could uh, be a fraudster in far off flung places and um, um, uh, be a predator on numerous people all around the world, mm-hmm. you see. And so the problem is pretty darn big. So the BBB, the Better Business Bureau, estimates that in US and Canada, um, there's been about a billion dollar dollar of losses over the last three years due to the scam wow and that's they, a lot of uh that's a naive lot of... people sending money to scammers oh and it gets worse so they, they estimate that there's more than a million victims in the u.s alone but since a lot of people are too embarrassed to report it they think this might be the tip of the iceberg right in canada um uh, there was $22.5 million in fraud um, reported in 2018, and it surpassed all other forms of fraud in terms of money lost. So, that, so in romance scams. Romance scams. So on average, victims were out nearly a staggering $30,000 each. Wow. Uh, so, That's insane. We should, uh, try to, we should give some advice then as to yeah. how to spot it, how to spot a romance scam. And so to our listeners, two-thirds of all Canadian romance scam victims were in Quebec and Ontario, which is the majority of our listener base right now. Right. So listen up. Okay. Give so us what some is tips. it exactly? Yes. So um, one of the main forms of the scam is something called catfishing, where um, people will set up fake profiles in order to lure your victims. Um, they often will use a stolen credit card and, and join the sites to develop these fake profiles. So it's really hard to trace it back to an actual person. Um, they will come. They will meet you. They'll be super charming. Uh, meet you online. Uh-huh, excuse me. Uh-huh. Make that explicitly clear. Um, you. They will interact with you, and they will sometimes tr- for months. 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right, oh right, yeah. Right. They'll, they'll, it, it's like grooming you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's what they will do. Quite often, they will groom you um, over a period of months to see just how vulnerable you are and and how willing you are to open up your wallet or divulge uh, personal information. Right. And I have to say, sometimes, like the stories I've heard, they don't ask for money not for a while. Like it can take. Sometimes it's three months, four months. Like they really are probably doing this to multiple people, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they 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 take their time because they want you to feel, no, this is real. Like, I'm in love with this person. This is four months of us talking every day. Absolutely. Right. And um, quite often, though, uh, some red flags is um, they will not necessarily keep the conversations on an online dating platform. Quite often, they will meet you a little bit on the online dating platform, but then they, they will encourage you to continue the conversation through text messages or through email okay. because uh, many online dating sites now, they're up to this fraud and the scam because it's so common. Right. So they're policing these platforms. So it makes sense that in order for them to be able to continue with the scam, for them to move to a platform such as like text message or email, which is harder to surveil, or like text messages and email companies are not necessarily surveilling for romance scams. Right, right. So be careful about that. Um, quite often, they will make uh, fake profiles on um, social media and other sites to make it look like they're a real person. Right. So there was one person, his name is Alec Kuros, for example, and he discovered that uh, people used him, photos of him, oh, to geez. create hundreds of fake social media and dating site profiles over the last 10 years. He found this out because he happens to be a researcher in the field of like internet fraud and crime oh wow and so he just had that everyday kind of guy next door look Mm -hmm. and lo and behold through his investigations people were just taking photos of him and (laughs) making copious amounts of fake profiles online because he just looked like that perfect guy the trustworthy guy trustworthy guy to commit fraud you know and dupe people as this person says sometimes they add pictures to their profile that were just taken off the internet sometimes you think you are conversing with a woman but it's really a man oh absolutely Mm -hmm. so it's all fake and if you one way to um, um, assess whether or not a profile is fake is to do something called a reverse image search this is freely available on Google and uh, just Google how to do a reverse image search and it, it explains it's very very simple and what what do you what do you get out of that well you could see like if you could click on on, on an image of a profile picture mm-hmm. of the person and then do a reverse image search and then you could see like where else is that person or that where image that appearing image? on the internet and if it's appearing in multiple social media profiles with different names or different ah. kinds of uh, you know addresses or whatnot yes. that's very fishy right mm. that would so you've got to do your homework. You've got to do the research. Yes. Um, and especially, especially someone who's, who's living out of town. Like that. So quite right. often it's somebody that claims that they live in your city, but they're out of town on, on work, you know, some mm-hmm. kind of work permit mm-hmm. or some kind of whatever escapade it is. And um, they usually will, will bait you over a couple of uh, many months and they will start to request small favors, you know, to, uh, to test how willing you are to open up to them. Right. Um, quite often they're after your money, okay? So they will say something like, oh, darling, I need to come see you now. Um, give me some money uh, for uh, the plane ticket. Mm-hmm. Or there will be some kind of dire emergency that just happened in their life that was unexpected. Right. My and mother's need, you know, in the hospital yeah. and I need money. And mm-hmm. I, I, I did not see this. You know, can you help me out? Um, the other thing is, is that they might also be trying to blackmail you. So 
again and again and again on Passion, I've warned listeners to be conscientious about the information that you share on online dating profiles. Don't share information and salacious images of yourself willy-nilly because sometimes people use this to subsequently blackmail you for money where they say if you don't give me this i'm going to take the salacious image that you gave to me like you know uh you know um, a nudie a nudie picture Mm -hmm. and and they're going to say it's like i'm going to send this to your employer or whatnot so send me money now right well there's uh scary stuff out there so i I mean jason uh, dr bearman is here to uh, warn us all and give us some tips. And next up, uh, even scarier. We go from scary to scarier to even more scary. Artificial intelligence can strip you naked. Yes. Ah, uh, oh, <laughs> scary. We'll find out what that's all about after. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. So first there were fake porn videos. Now this nightmare. We can now see you nude using new AI technology. Yup. Dr. Jason Behrman is here to tell us all about it. Okay, yeah. So on many, many past episodes of Passion, I was describing something called deep fakes technology, which makes it easy uh, to make synthetic uh, video and audio. Mm -hmm. And how this technology first came um, to public awareness as it was used to make fake pornographic videos of prominent actresses like Gal Gadot of Wonder Woman. Well, now there's a new technology that got a lot of attention, and it's called Deep Nude, which makes it easy for you within seconds to take an image of a person fully clothed and put it through this uh, processor, and then it will give a best guess estimate as to what you look like naked. Oh, no. So it does an overlay, um, and it generates an image of... um, uh, that is quite convincing. Like, it's not exactly you naked, but you would be hard-pressed to tell that it's not your body. And, if you are looking at it. Well, if somebody who does not know what you look right. like naked and right. you would show think, them, right. they'll just be like, oh, that's a picture of you naked. I hope they upgrade me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that could be the best outcome that could be in this the best, situation. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's called Deep News. That sounds so bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's powered by artificial intelligence, and um, it's uh, freely available online now. Um, it automatically removes the clothes of women, rendering synthetic images of them in the nude. So why is it women? It's because the technology requires, like, for artificial intelligence to work, you have to train the software to understand something. Mm-hmm. And so you have to train it on something called data or information. And that information can come in a variety of forms, anything that's like any kind of digital content. And so what they trained the technology on was over 10,000 images of nude women. And so what the technology then learns is how to estimate um, what a nude body would look like and get the dimensions right and get like the right shading and shadowing okay. and whatnot. And so uh, people who tested it out say it works uh, it, very well on uh, images of women that are already showing quite a bit of flesh. So anything of like a woman in a bikini or, you know, right. a swimsuit edition right. or Sports Illustrated kind of thing or of athletes, they said it was very convincing. Um, uh, on more fully clothed per, uh, women, it, it worked less well, but you can imagine in the future where um, technology always gets better and better. So, yeah, that could happen. And so um, the person, when they developed it, once again, it was just some tech geek who was having fun and um, able to use this technology. A lot of the base technology was developed at um, prominent universities. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's uh, what's scary. Yeah. Uh, where was it? So where the, was it? we've come so a long software... way from the pens that we turn upside down. You know, mm, the pens that yeah. we had the nude and then the dressing. <laughs> so the basis of the technology is, is is something called Pix to Pix, which is an open source algorithm developed by University of California Berkeley researchers in 2017. And um, yeah, it wasn't hard for the person to find 10,000 nude photos of women, especially Apparently online. Not, yes. So they developed it. They got a lot of heat from it because people were scared that you could use this um, technology, obviously, to harass women or defame random Absolutely. women. Absolutely. Or send yeah. them a picture and say, hey, I have this picture of you. I'm going to send it all over the Internet exactly. if you don't pay me. Mm-hmm. Like this is a bla- another form of blackmail. So the initial developer of the deep nude uh, technology took it down but left the source code or like the abilities to you know the recipe to make it Mm -hmm. online and uh he said that he was justified in doing this because once the idea is out there like anybody can kind of replicate it anyways and lo and behold that's obviously the case of course and he even used the like the foundation tech the foundational technology to make this possible it was already freely available online and developed from public sources like universities Mm -hmm. so this gives you an idea of how readily available this technology is how low cost it is and that you cannot stop people from using it in a malicious way it's it's very difficult and we as a society are going to have to develop clever ways to counter this problem because you cannot put the genie back in the bottle it's like it's just impossible and wishing for this problem to go away is not going to help us in any shape or form so we have to start getting really really smart and until we can develop technology and uh, regulations to protect us from this kind of technical harassment i guess online um everybody out there you have to be very critical with what you see if there is some kind of salacious nude photo that is being shared at your workplace or somewhere else online of some prominent person and it's being used to defame them or blackmail them question the validity of that image because now common technology makes it easy for you to do this and (laughs) some people said it's like well how is this any different from like you know using photoshop i could just use photoshop and and like make a person look naked too that's very true you can but with this app it's like literally seconds you could generate this image well with photoshop you have to have some working on it you're working on that for a few hours Hours, and minimum and you have to have some pretty good skills but now like joe blow on the street corner can now do this by taking a picture of you playing volleyball on your (laughs) summer vacation and you had no idea that that person took that photo of you this texture right so whether or not you wish to be cyberly exposed Lori, strictly depends upon how upgraded you physically appear then uh no that was a joke first of all (laughs) nobody wants to be cyberly exposed take a joke it's a joke people Uh, this texter wants to know, is there anything people can do to protect themselves from photo usage or to detect spy cams? So we said it's difficult for the spy cam stuff, but what about for photo usage? How do you detect spy cams? I, I don't know. So I know like it, the problem is is quite tricky. So like I was describing in South Korea where this has really become uh, a, 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 like a, a, a significant issue that the public has become aware of, they have scores of public officials that will go in and physically search 
right. the premises. Right. So I don't know how else you could really do check this. for these. Like, right. I, I don't know unless you like physically do it. Until which they is, like, develop some kind of radar or something. Uh, that, like that metal is, detector? Yeah, and, like what so are you going to do? You're going to comb know. over the walls? I really don't know. And then the metal detector is just going to detect like the wires in the wall, you know, or right, the pipes. Right, right. So like how do you do it? I have I no idea. Know. And photo usage? How do you how do you protect yourself from from somebody just taking your picture and uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a picture I posted of myself like in a bathing suit. In a bathing like, suit? Ah! Oh my word, yeah. <laughs> I'm like getting scared and I'm sweating. I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I'm sweating. Well, this like is... I described, like you could trace it back and prove that it's that it's you and that was not the original photo sometimes by using something called uh, the reverse image search which is freely available by google for example and that could help you like inform other people if you're in a sticky situation it's like oh here's the original photo by the way yeah but can you go to the cops with this can you go to the like do they are they even up to date on all this these cyber crimes like it's because it is a cyber crime but i don't think they're those are not the things they're concerned with, I would imagine. This deep nude fiasco all emerged within like the past couple months. So to show you just how quickly this all happens. So are the police up to date with it? Uh, no. Probably uh, not. Yeah, um, I don't think so. Uh, and, and also, do we have like specific regulations to protect us from this? Like, no. Um, like but I even was describing. Recourse. With... What recourse do we have? Mm-hmm. So actually, that was interesting because I was looking at that. In terms of recourse? Yeah, wait, there was one person that's like... Uh, this was... person wrote in just while you were checking that. Yeah. I think you could use an infrared generator that's really bright, can't be seen by people that would blind all of the cameras. Well, what, okay, where are we going to put those in every... Se- like, uh, what are we going to do with that? And how do I hook that up as I'm taking a pee? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or, or using right. the locker room. Oh, my gosh, that really bothered me. Yeah, so. here it says, how could you sue? Already judges don't believe women, much less black women. Judges are not wired. Mm. I mean, again, like, it, it's a problem that's going to... I, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know how this is going to even be resolvable or what recourses we have if we have any and could this kind of thing even go to court to get to Mm -hmm. who are you suing like go find the people who are doing this Mm -hmm. so in terms of laws here this is what um, they asked one uh, expert on internet uh, internet sexual harassment uh, and whatnot, a lawyer from New York, and uh, they say that uh, these deep fakes and deep, deep nude technologies, um, they're not covered by the revenge porn laws that we have oh, yes, already. Right. So mm-hmm. it's because revenge porn is, is slightly different. Right. It's not synthetic generated images using technologies. Right. It's the real stuff. It's yeah. the real stuff of you, right. and you just did not consent to it. So it's not the victim's actual nudity. That's so it's... Oh, a whole other kettle of fish, I guess yeah. you could say. And Scary. our federal laws do not protect the company. Um, our federal laws have a tendency to protect the companies and social media platforms where these images are distributed. Because we have the laws right now where, you know, Facebook and other platforms right. are not legally um, liable for the content that other users like you and me post on it. So right. that protects or who, or people who, from Or using... whoever takes from their yeah. site. Exactly. Not wow, this is... Uh... Again, scared me and many of us, I'm sure. Jason, I'm sure next month you'll have even more stuff to share with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could we do something less scary, possibly? I don't know. 
Uh, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Always such a great pleasure having you on. Uh, thank you to Dave Simon, our technical producer. And thanks to all of you for tuning in and all of your interesting texts tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Do you want to be found, Dr. Jason Behrman? Yeah, sure. You could find me on Twitter. So it's uh, at J Behrman, PhD. My last name is a bit tricky, but Bear is spelled like the paint, the brand of paint, B-E-H-R. And then man is M-A-N-N. You, you could go. also find me on LinkedIn as well. That's a great way to connect. Wonderful. If you any any of your needs, you can go there for that. Uh, coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. It's the